This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, folks, we are into the second half of the NHL season. We are seeing how much I can be wrong from week to week. It is stunning. But what's even more stunning is your chance at millions of dollars in total prices with DraftKings. That's right, folks. We're in the second half of the NHL season. Time to prove the con- if you're a contender or a pretender. Get in the action now. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during signups. Playing va- daily fantasy uh, hockey is simple. Just pick your lineup, stand under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel that pressure. Feel that, ah, during a game more than ever before. Uh, as you're watching every pass, every shot, every save. Um, Get get in there. Take a put. You know, pick those guys who you think can make a push on it. As we're going to talk about later in the show, it looks like Patrick Liney might start to be being a smarter guy to start picking in, in this kind of stuff. Let you know with DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app. Use code THPN again, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. THPN during sign up this week. DraftKings is putting you in action with a free shot, millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot. At all kinds of money and total prizes, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Beer of the week is from our friends up in Cleveland from uh, Market Garden Brewery. They're Shandy. Now, this Shandy is a little different than others I've had in the past. Um, the lemon Shandies I've seen before add in uh, lemonade. This one apparently uses a lemon soda. Uh, let me... Get that beer poured there for you. Look at that. That's such a pretty beer. This is this is perfect summer beer. If you're if if you're like me and you're loving this warmer weather and getting out there and trying to get outside and do more stuff, this is a perfect warm weather beer. It seems like at least Shandy's have been in the past here for me. Let's get this bed. Mm, smells good. Let's give this boy a drink. Oh, that's good. That's sweet. That's sweeter than most Shandies. One thing that tells me if I like a warm weather beer is how quickly you can drink it. Like if you can just, and and I know, you know, you can always chug a beer, but like when you're hot on a hot day, you know, when you drink water, you just can drink it without thinking about it. A warm weather beer is a beer that's easy to do that with. Like Guinness, if you're someone who pounds Guinness, you're from hardier places than me, my friend, but. Oh, that's good. I like that beer a lot. That might be a staple this summer. My goodness. Uh, Shandy, the uh, Market Garden Brewery Shandy. Uh, let's see what we've got here. Made Their description made with all natural lemon juice peel. This thirst-quenching Shandy is a vibrant blend of pale wheat beer and sparkling lemon soda. It's fresh, sweet citrus notes come together for a lively and, and energizing brew. 4.5%, so nice. Not too heavy while you're uh, while you're out there. All right, folks. So jumping right into it, this is not what we expected, folks. Again, last just last week, I was doing my Ides of March show, and I was sitting here going, "Ah, things aren't good. Things aren't great." And then today, I have to come in for a show, and the Jackets are tied for the fourth spot in the division. And it, it's not a it's not a tenuous hold either, because here's what have we been saying all season? You got to look at the points. 
But you also got to look at that points percentage. That's going to be a big part of this. So the Blue Jackets right now are fourth in the division at 33 points in 32 games. It's a point for percentage of five, a point of 516. If you organize it by points percentage, they are in fourth at 516. By virtue of having one more regulation win than Chicago, that's how they beat them. Uh, Dallas is at 500 now. They're 10, 10, and 7. Dallas is going to have a rough go. Um, because the real problem Dallas has is now, because of all those games they missed, they started the season uh, on the COVID uh, list. I mean, the whole team essentially missed time. And then they had those two or three games that were that were delayed because of the weather situation, the power situation in Texas. Now they're having to play games just constantly. Um, it, it's not conducive. Uh, let me pull up their schedule here real quick so we can all take a look at it because it's 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 a tough road for them. Um, it's like where they're at right now. Um, right now they're playing Nashville. Tuesday, Tampa Bay. Thursday, Tampa Bay. Saturday, Florida. Sunday, Florida. Then next Tuesday, Nashville. These guys are on pretty much an every other day schedule with some back-to-backs thrown in there for the remainder of the season. That's what their schedule is. Back to They have every other day and then back-to-backs. There is no break greater than one day in that schedule for them. Let's compare that to what the Blue Jackets are dealing with at this point. So the Blue Jackets schedule, um, they played Carolina. uh, Yeah, they played Carolina on Saturday, have, you know, Sunday off to come back to Columbus. They play Carolina. Then they have two days off. Then they play Carolina. Then it's every other day for a couple of days there. Um, And a lot of every other days, but not nearly as many back-to-backs a couple of stretches of multiple days off. I've got one, two, three stretches of at least two days off in a row. Yeah. So three stretches of two days off in a row and one, two, two back-to-backs for the rest of the season. And then three stretches of two days off in a row. Whereas again, Dallas, no days, no, no more than one day off at a time. And they've got one, two, three, and they've got three back-to-backs the rest of the season. So they're going to they're gonna have a hard road to go. Um, the Blue Jackets' playoff odds, according to Money Puck, which we've started looking at recently, they're up to an 11.7% chance, which isn't bad. Um, now, this percentage is based on what teams are at. Here's the thing. Chicago's at a 24.7% chance now. They've got Dallas at a 50.3% chance. They see Dallas having the opportunity to climb back in. And I think we're going to get to the point where Dallas is now the team you have to worry about going forward. Um, and maybe Chicago too. I mean, I, I don't know at this point. Who knows? We'll see where it goes. But that's my my indication is at this point, I'm probably getting more worried about Dallas. Um, we talked about it on last week's show. I think it was Wednesday's show. We started looking at some stats. And Chicago's overall stats like Corsi and, and expected goals for, they've been overperforming those. And so the idea is that they're going to regress. Um, They've gotten great shooting at great times. Good for them. And I'm not saying that there's a guarantee. I mean, in a short season, numbers can can end up just being a a false identifier where things are going. But I think my concern is probably more with Dallas, especially if they start to get healthy. So we'll see. 
So the Blue Jackets, uh, since we've talked last, two games, both wins against Carolina. I, I, I was joking around on Twitter earlier this week. Somebody was like, oh, man. Uh, somebody, it was in reaction to one of the writers who covers the Blue Jackets saying, you know, okay, Blue Jackets fans, this is a big week. Uh, he said, he re- he retweeted with a little gift that had something that was like, is it? Because there's just this idea that, yeah, we're not going to do well. We're going to we're gonna lose. We're going to, um, you know, we're just not going to make, you know, we're not going to do well here. And then I, re- I tweeted back to him and I'm like, you know, the way this season's going and the way the Blue Jackets tend to play, which is to really pick it up later in a season, I'm like, heck, they might get six out of eight points against Carolina, a team that's that this season has been substantially better than them. Well, right now we're at four or four. So, I mean, if they can either lose in overtime in the next two or just pick up one of those two, I think they would have had a better series in this four straight against Carolina because I thought this was going to be the death knell of the season. I thought Carolina's doing well. They're rolling well. They're playing well. Columbus isn't playing well. You know, we're going to get like one out of eight points or two out of eight points, and that's going to that's going to be all she wrote for the season. We'll just say we're done. That has not happened. They've won both games, one in overtime, one in a shootout. For the Blue Jacks to win a game in a shootout, I mean, at this point, it feels like the forces of heaven and earth are changing to, to try and help them here. So we'll see how this goes. All right, those games specifically. So their Corsi numbers were not all that impressive. Uh, at five on five, score and venue adjusted in the 3 2 win in overtime, uh, 47.71%, and the shootout win, 44.05%. Their expected goals for numbers also. Not great. Um, 44.3 in the overtime win, 36.31 in the expected goals for a win, or in the in the uh, shootout win. Now, I I was one of those people who, during the shootout win, when Carolina scored in overtime, I was I was at a I was watching uh, the NCAA games. Um, I was I was seeing some some friends I hadn't seen in a long time watching the NCAA tournament, uh, and. When Nashville scored that goal, I was just like, oh, and you know what? There were tournament games going on. So I just, I was watching my laptop. I just shut the laptop, turned back, started watching the game, started watching basketball. Uh, now, for those of you who may not know, normally during Blue Jacks games, I tend to not look at my phone. Sometimes I'll turn my phone off uh, just because I'm focusing on the game. And uh, I pull up Twitter. I'm like, oh, let's see what's been on Twitter. And I see Port's lines thing of, I, I or no, I think it was uh, First Ohio Battery tweeted something saying, no goal. It's been overturned. We're going back to, you know, back to overtime. I was like, wait, what? So I open up my laptop, get everything booted back up real quick again and, you know, get back on to see, go to the overtime, go to the shootout. It was a fun experience. It was really fun. The, the only other one I can compare it to is a few years back. And by a few, I mean, seven, eight years or so. Um, there was a game, uh, the Browns were playing the Ravens. And it was something where they were, it was like a last second thing. They were down by one or two points. Um, they line up for a field goal, kick it. And when I was watching it live on TV, it looked like the ball had hit the crossbar and come out. So it was no good. And I was just, ah, Browns lose again, turn the TV off, and that's it. I'm driving to work the next day. Um, this was years ago because I wasn't really on social media or anything like that. And I just, I just goofed around, did other stuff the rest of the night. Uh, Turn turn on the radio the next day, driving to work. And on the radio, they were like, oh, how that man, that Browns game had a crazy ending last night. And that's when I came to find out, looking up uh, highlights later on, what had happened was when the kick went through, it had gone through the uprights and it hit the support post that holds up the field goal and then bounced back out. 
So it was a good field goal. So after they reviewed it, the Browns won the game. <laughs> so I was just, I, th- again, this is one of those things like, to me. It's, it's, it's a fun, weird sports memory that I will remember for a long time. The whole shutting the laptop in disgust and then bringing it back up when we get to enjoy it. Now, um, one of these NHL stat bots out there I follow on Twitter, they tweeted something out today that made me have to take a second look at something. And it was, they do this thing where they kind of show game score for a team. And there's a, it shows, you know, if there is, it essentially gives you an idea of how well the player played overall in the game. And they were like, don't look now, but it's patch. And somebody retweeted, I think it was the, the Spence CBJ account who does a lot of cool YouTube, uh, reposting of like cool blue jackets highlights and, and meant news mentions where the blue jackets are mentioned. He posted it and he said, it, it looks like line is starting to turn into a two way player. And Line's score from last night's game, it was all positive. He was positive offensively on the ice. He was positive defensively on the ice. He was he was good. And I was like, what? what? And again, I, I kind of half-watched the game because I was watching NCAA games. So I said, well, let me go back and look at the, at the two games here. So at 5-on-5, five five, scoring venue adjusted in the, shoot, in the overtime win. Patrick Line's Corsi 4 was not great, 41.53. But you look at that expected goals four percent, which actually is kind of a measure of how well, you know, it, when you're on the ice, does your team create better scoring chances than the other? Fifty-one point seven percent expected goals for. Now, did Liney score in either of these games? No, except for that that the uh, shootout uh, score there. Um, but when he's on the ice in that in that overtime win the Blue Jackets created more scoring chances than their opponents. Or as far as the quality of the scoring chances, not the amount, but the quality of scoring chances overall was better. Last night's game, the shootout win. Patrick Laine, Corsi 4, 40.6%. So we were outshot. But when you look at the expected goals for percentage when he's on the ice, 55.42. Hmm. It is... This is where I'm starting to have to ask myself questions. And again, we've got a long way to go here. If I'm just wrong, I would, I mean, if I'm wrong on what I'm going to say now, because what I'm hoping here is that something I've been saying for a long time is wrong. I am hoping, wouldn't it be a beautiful moment if all this stuff I've been saying where it's like, it's time to move on from Tortorella, it's time to be done Tortorella. I would love to be wrong. That would be the best thing in the world because I would love it. If what's been happening these last few weeks, if at, at the end of it, we're going to start seeing a more complete player in Patrick Line, a player who's playing better defense, a little more power, still getting scoring chances, still making goals happen. Are we seeing that? I, I don't know. I mean, again, two games is not enough to, to say there's a pattern going here, but it's enough to start keeping an eye out for it. And that's what I'm going to be doing going forward here. I'm going to be keeping an eye out for what's going on. All right. Going to hear a quick message from our friends of the Hockey Podcast Network, and we'll be right back. He's my brother, Mike. He's my brother, man. And we are the brothers of discussion hosting Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a vote. In a season mired in tragedy and despair, we are here to be your audible Earl Grey to bring joy 
placidity, and perspective to one of the roughest eras of Red Wing history. Ah! We honor the past. Find the positives in the present. I swear they're there. And paint the picture of what's to come in the Winged Wheels future. Paul Woods here on the radio broadcast of your Detroit Red Wings, and I'm going to play games like Who's that? Who's that Come on. Pokemon? Where Matt has to try and guess quotes pulled right out of context for Jeff Blashaw, and we got to figure out who that Red Wing is. <laughs> Every episode, we put ourselves in the legendary shoes of Steve Iserman and play Be the GM, finding ways to ice a competitive team while accumulating assets for the franchise's future. We also shoot the breeze. Some of the great local and national voices in Red Wings hockey, including Ken Kell and Keith Gave. And Greg Wachinski and Ryan Lambert. Check us out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And check us out live every Wednesday and Sunday for Red Wings reactions and live conversations with you on our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion. That shandy is good. Such a fan of the Market Garden Shandy. All right, folks. Uh, Story on the athletic, the athletic this week from Sean Shapiro. Um, he confirmed what we talked about a couple weeks ago when it came out that ESPN was getting the TV package, that the B package the NHL is looking for, uh, they're looking for $200 million uh, a year. The B package will have... Um, a certain amount, I mean, it'll have, you know, three Stanley Cup finals. Uh, and the other big draw that is you'll get three Stanley Cup finals, you'll get playoffs, and you will get the Winter Classic is the big deal. That's kind of the big push they want to make in that. So that's what uh, they're looking for. Now, something else that's interesting, he mentioned something. Uh, I'll just read what he wrote because I think this says it well. Streaming will also be a key in how the league plans to grow internationally. For example, unless you live in the Baltics, Wednesday's announcement that Nordic Entertainment Group had acquired the NHL streaming rights in Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia for its Via Play streaming service likely meant little to you. But the deal is another signal of how things are trending with the NHL, and the NENT deal is likely going to be part of a growing trend for streaming deals in Europe for the NHL and other international markets. It gives the NHL more flexibility in many markets to leverage revenue, whether that's working out streaming deals with existing TV partners or other streaming services. So, whereas it's sad for me that it sounds like NHL.TV is is going to die, um, it looks like the league's going to be making a lot of money off of it. It looks like they're, now that that's kind of gone in the States, it looked, because it's going to go to ESPN+, Plus. it looks like they've made the decision to just start auctioning it off to streaming services around the world, which might just grow the game in those parts of the world. Because, I mean, if you have this, what, via play, and you're a hockey fan, but Shelling out $100 for NHL.TV wasn't useful. But you have this, and now you got hockey games. I can see where that'd be some great value for some people. So that's that's cool. Good cool way to ro- grow the game there. Happy about that. Uh, something I want I pulled up. Sportsnet did an article. Uh, they titled it, what was it, 12 most? NHL's top 12 UFAs of 2021, latest rumors, reports. And I went through it thinking, okay, if the Blue Jackets are going to play around in the free agency pool this year, which maybe they'll have the money, maybe they won't. It depends on what the Patrick Line deals look like. It depends on if they make a Seth Jones deal, if they make a long-term Zach Wierenski deal, we'll see. But I was looking at it saying, of the guys who are going to be UFAs, who do I want them to target? And honestly, there's one. There's one guy on this list I want them to target. 
It is number six on the list. One, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, center, can also play left wing, but has done so for the Oilers, has been a great middle six center. Um, I think it's the kind of player the Blue Jackets need, big time. Uh, They're saying he's looking for something close to Dreisaitl money, which is $8.5 million a year. Um, which, if he's going to be your top-line center or second-line center, that's not bad. Uh, I mean, if you can get a Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the line with a Patrick Line, that would be great. Or if you get him on there with a Bjork strain, that would be great. I mean, I, either way works with this. Guy's 28, so I, I want him on this team. Uh, this is a guy that... There's been talk of trying to trade for at different points, and that just never happened. Now, maybe he stays in, in Edmonton. We'll see. Um, but I'll just put it the way the article puts it. Positive preliminary extension talks took place in October between the Oilers and Nugent Hopkins camp, then silence. The best cap comparable here may be Brendan Gallagher's six-year, $39 million extension in Montreal. Asked about RNH's future on a Zoom call in late February, Holland thought back to some of his overcom- overcommitting in Detroit. The quote from Holland is, you sign some contracts and they don't work out. And the way the cap system is built, it makes it more difficult to compete. He's an important part of our team and he's got good chemistry with our players, but it's got to work for both sides. Sounds like he's laying the groundwork to say RNH is going to be done. I think Columbus needs to go in there and get a deal. I think Columbus, I think he is, he'd be a great player to be for the, for the Blue Jackets. So that's my, my take on that. Um, Because I mean, right now that's just, I, I think that's the way to go with it. So I would be excited to see Ryan Nugent Hopkins signed onto there. Uh, I think that'd be a great add-on for the Blue Jackets. All right, folks. So what are we going to see the rest of this week? Um, Monday night, Columbus plays Carolina. Uh, then they have two days off and don't play again until Thursday. So, I mean, if you're Columbus, you enjoy those days. You let guys rest up. You try and keep the bangs from... Uh, building up too much in the body, you get the you get some guys some time to rest. So I, I'm excited. It this team every time they take you out, they pull you back in. It's just ah, I mean I I like it because I want to watch competitive hockey. But my goodness. Anyway, last thing I'm going to talk about this week, and it is not hockey related at all. And if you don't want spoilers because you haven't seen it yet, now is the time to turn off the podcast. We are going to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League for a moment. Got to the count of five turned off. You don't want to hear spoilers. One, two, three, four, five. All right. So uh, I am a big DC Comics fan. Loved them as a kid. Loved them as a teenager. Enjoy the movies, all that stuff. Um, I will say the original Justice League movie just felt like it didn't really fit with Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. Which I, all, I mean, we all know why they changed directors uh, when they put in Joss Whedon instead of Zack Snyder. Well, this week on HBO Max, Zack Snyder's Justice League came out. The thing's four hours long; it's ridiculous. Um, I would recommend if you're someone who doesn't have that kind of time, the movie actually does break itself up pretty well into parts: parts one through six, and then an epilogue. So if you're if you if you're like I don't want to make the time commitment, you can start watching it, and whenever the screen goes all black for a second, it comes up with part whatever, and you can just pause it and then come back to the movie later. You could watch it essentially like it's a TV show if you want to do. I'm going to say this right now. It was much, much better than the original Justice League movie. So much better. It feels... The thing I'm going to compare it to 
uh, and and some of you may not be old enough to remember this. I remember when I went to the theaters to see um, the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie. When I left, I didn't like it. I was like, I don't, I wasn't, a, wasn't fun. It was, uh. and then when I went and saw part three, part two became better because now there was an ending to the story. So that middle part of the story is a lot better. And I feel like that may be what happened to Batman versus Superman in my mind with this movie. Because we have an a cool ending now, Batman vs. Superman is now a better movie. Um, I think one of my favorite big parts of the whole thing is this uh, moment, is this feeling, this arc that it created for Batman, where Batman's life of fighting crime in Gotham had beaten him down to the point where he couldn't believe in good people anymore. Um that's that's really what it felt like. And that's why, you know, there's this whole thing of Superman's ultimately powerful, he can do whatever he wants, so we have to destroy him. Then in Batman versus Superman, Bat Superman dies saving the world. And that is a motivation. That's an inspiration for Batman. So you kind of see throughout Justice League this this completing of a story arc of how Superman essentially saves Batman how Batman now believes in things again and believes in the world being a better place and all, all that good stuff. And it's really cool. The other thing this movie does really well, it really fleshes out characters more. Um, it really does a better job doing things like in the mo- in the original version of Justice League, Aqu- the way Aquaman is kind of mistrusting of people doesn't really feel, it just feels like it's thrown in. This one explains it. Cyborg gets a whole arc and it's really good. And and seeing this movie now kind of upsets me if we don't get to see more of Zack Snyder's DC Universe in the future. Because it's just, it lays the groundwork for so many cool things. Um, for so many cool future ideas. The idea of, I mean, essentially they allude to a hall of justice in the future. And they allude to the villains working together to do things. And, and I kind of like how in this one, because I am somebody who has completely embraced that what Warner brothers is doing and what Marvel is doing with their superhero properties and movies and TV is just totally different. They're just different things. Marvel's all about this universe. It's all put together and things are synced up and it's good. It's a fun, good thing, but DC is doing something where they're like, we're doing weird things with these characters. We're going to take it in a weird, different direction. We're going to kind of mess with it a little bit. So I personally, even though, you know, Superman has a show on TV, Superman and Lois, I would love them to still continue these movies and you can just do both at the same time and it'll be fun and we'll enjoy it and I'll watch it all and it'll be great. So I, I can go in more into that at some other point, but I, I really liked it. I thought it was an awesome movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I would like, again, I like to see them do more of it because there's just so many interesting things that they haven't explored that could exist in this Snyder verse that as it's been dubbed, I mean, the whole crazy ideas about there being some type of evil alternate future out there where Superman's now turned evil because dark sides enslaved him or something. I don't know. All sorts of crazy stuff could happen. You can do some weird things. Um, again, we've alluded to villains. I, I like that. They've done things like, like in Marvel, you see where everybody comes from in the DC stuff. We're just like, yeah, Deathstroke just exists. 
We're not going to explain his origin story. Yeah, Robin died a long time ago. Um, we're not even going to explain it. It just happened. It's just there. So it's interesting. It's fun. I like where it's going. If it goes anywhere. Maybe we're done with that now, and that'll be the last of it. But if it was, it's a cool trilogy nonetheless. So I'm I'm happy with that. Anyway, this week, Blue Jacks play Carolina on Monday. Uh, we'll talk to you again. I'll record the show on Wednesday, so you'll have it hopefully Thursday morning, unless you watch the live one. It, it, here's the, I, I don't know if I ever uh, announced this enough sometimes, but if you like the podcast and you're like, you know what? I want to see this ugly man's face. You know what? I want to hear this as soon as it comes out. You can watch it on Facebook, our Facebook thing. You can watch it on our Twitter account, and you can watch it on YouTube channel. Uh, and I do it live. So the show comes out live. Uh, you can interact with me there. You can comment on it. So if you want to do that, if you're like, hey, that sounds like a fun thing to do, recordings tend to happen uh, Sunday, normally around 8. I'm a little earlier tonight. And then they happen uh, Wednesdays, again, around 8 o'clock, sometimes a little later on Wednesday nights. Uh, but yeah, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and that 8 o'clock-ish hour somewhere. So thank you all very much for watching, listening, however you inter- inter- interact with the show or enjoy the show. Please like, comment, subscribe, share, whatever you need to do, rate it, all that good stuff. But thank you very much. And go Jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief. And thank you for listening.